2: Presented by at t Connecting changes everything. Hey, it's
3: Doug Gottlieb. You know, our trusted partner, Tireight.com, for fast, free shipping, free roadhouse protection, convenient installation options, and their great selection of the best tires, like the highly consumer-rated Goodyear Assurance Weather Ready. But did you know they sell other automotive products, wheels, brakes, suspension, just to name a few? Everything you need to elevate your drive Simply go to TireRack.com slash sports. TireRack.com. That's the way tire buying should be.
5: Hey,
3: welcome into the Friday podcast. Your boy, Doug Gottlieb here. we got a great show for you. Robert Smith will join us. So, too, will John Middlecoff and A.J. Pruszynski will join us. But let's start with the new normal. Thanks for listening to the Doug Gottlieb Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday, 3 to 6 Eastern, 12 to 3 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for the Doug Gottlieb Show at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR.
6: You're listening to Fox Sports Radio.
3: Boom up America Doug Gottlieb show. Fox Sports Radio. Man, hope you're well. Getting ready for a weekend in which we have sports. Yes sir. Sports back. Watched last night in LA, you could watch the Doyers. And the Lakers, same time. What was that like? Like, Oh, my goodness. This is amazing. No, it's not. It's actually life getting back to whatever the new normal is. And, you know, that's what it was. It's the new normal. The new normal. And um, I just think that... I just think it's really interesting to me how I was watching the Dodger game last night and I was and I say the Dodgers, they played the Giants. Kike Hernandez, is it that much to ask Kike to spell his name differently than the way in which he spells it? Just just saying. Right? Like in this, I know it there's no intent to offend, but in this, let's let's not even name give the nickname to the Washington football team because we can't figure it out without offending somebody. Isn't that hard to go like, hey, Kike, you could just spell it K-E-E-K-A-Y. Same thing, right? Just phonetically? Anyway, watching baseball last night, and I was like, it feels like baseball. It looks like baseball. It is baseball. And I don't think we missed them, Right? But I think it's good to be back. I don't think we missed the fans. So we we're now a month in almost a month into quarantine with the NBA and they've had no positive test and they have preseason games and they seem to be functioning in their new normal. We have Major League Baseball games being played and they're functioning in their new normal. And we'll learn within the next week how college football intends to come back. The NFL is trying to work out the financial details of them coming back. And as we scale down the cost because the revenue is going to be far less without fans we do realize that sports at least can distract for this period of time it can happen i, I it's it's interesting it's like um we talk about essential businesses all the time right and for for, for a good portion of time in southern california Only essential businesses were open. Well, what's an essential business? What's truly essential? Sports may not be a primarily essential business, but it's pretty damn essential. It's essential in terms of the number of people it actually takes to make it happen and the balance it brings to life. And oh yeah, by the way, think of all the other things that it does. It also helps, you know, pay our bills, not just sports radio, but with TV jobs as well. You have all the sponsorships that that it brings to the table. You also bring in sports gambling, which may be bad for a lot of people who are out of work, but it does generate a ton of money. And now tax revenue in states where betting has become legal. Sports is a lot more essential than you think it is. And fans are a lot less essential than we think we are. like, you think of yourselves as part of the game, and turns out you're really not. Just like the factory guy that can be replaced by by a computer, you too can be replaced by a noise machine and a placard. Is it the same? No, it lacks the human touch, the human feeling. But is it does it make it completely uh, does it change the sport so much? That it's completely unwatchable? No, it doesn't. It was a good watch. I watched last night. And I'll watch again tonight. And we've gotten back to the place where sports is on, at least, you know, Major League Baseball is on as at least background noise in your home. John Ramos, who's our biggest Dodger fan, assumed you watched last night. I did. Expecting the Dodgers, the boys in blue to go 60-0? Well, Fifty nine left. Fifty nine left. They're on. They're well on their way. If they play the Giants every game, they yeah, will. <laughs> yeah. Remember when the Giants were, they they were the NLS, like they were the iconic franchise in the NLS. I don't know. Now you got you know like for the Padres, there's all kinds of jokes on Twitter. You know, Doctor Fauci flattening the curve with his with his first pitch. ay yeah, yay. ay yeah, There's a did I mean. Brilliant scientist, but there's some bad parenting there, right? If you can't throw a pitch, if you can't use a grill, if you can't change a tire, you can't change the oil. Um you don't know how to catch a fish, what else are the things? You need to you know how to throw a baseball, throw and catch a football, shoot a basketball without looking like these are all things I don't blame Dr. Fauci. I blame his father. These are these are parenting mis uh, parenting flaws. That's what it is. So, I don't know. I I felt as normal as you could be with what's what what happened last night. Is it is it the exact same thing? No. It's not. It's not the pomp, the circumstance the seventh inning stretch where you you pan the crowd and you got some little kid or a foul ball and somebody chases after it a home run ball but let's be honest the game itself was still cool still good to watch still interesting and still a little bit slow and boring cuz it's baseball and oh yeah by the way there's new rules in terms of how long you have to leave some of these backup pitchers in these these relievers in so we we told you for a long time it could be done It has been done, it will be done, and we're officially back. The Dodgers on their way to being undefeated, and the Giants on their way to another long uphill climb of a season. Um, Okay, so now that leads us to what about football? If you've been listening, we got some breaking news in regards to the NFL, what it's going to look like, will they get the financial deals, Done before they, you know, before camp starts on time. What will the season look like? All of those things. But there's a story out about the importance of college football to one network. How Rome could officially fall if college football doesn't happen. I'll explain that upcoming next, but first. Hey, Doug Gottlieb, and with all that's been happening lately, there was a good portion of time where I felt like I hadn't been driving. You know, just go to the grocery store, and, you know, we come in here to work and and go home. Well, I don't know if you know this, but I took the last two days off, and I've driven to San Diego, to Calabasas, obviously in Southern California, all over, hour, two-hour drives, windows down, sunroof open in my brand-new Mazda CUV. Now, you got to try the first ever CX30, available i-active, all-wheel drive with off-road traction and intuitively responds to the way you like to drive. That's why I was drawn to the exterior. But, of course, the interior is incredible. It's got this minimalist approach, so everything is right where it should be. I just get to focus on the road ahead. I can, I can answer my phone without my hands leaving the wheel. I can change the radio with just a knob, all while looking ahead. Car smooth, made well, and we've been cruising around throwing some miles on this bad boy. It's been a lot of fun. Mazda has more IIHS top safety pick plus models than any other brand as of July 2020. That's this July. Go to MazdaUSA.com, learn more about the entire Mazda CUV lineup and available finance options.
6: Be sure to catch the live edition of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app.
3: I sent this story to a couple friends. I thought it was fascinating. And look, if if you think it's fascinating, great. If you don't, all right, well, that's that's too too bad. It sucks to be you, right? Um okay, so industries are are tied together. And I would say that the NFL, which by the time Roger Goodell leaves his post, it'll be on every network and on ESPN, maybe on TNT, maybe on Turner as well. I that's the, the genius to Goodell is he's been able to spread out instead of instead of giving exclusivity to Fox or to CBS or to NBC or to ESPN because his product continues to draw such great ratings, he's been able to get more and more money for more and more networks and the thought is that ESPN in an effort to keep the Monday Night football package will move more'll move it back to ABC so they'll still have ESPN games, we got Thursday night Fox and NFL network games, right? So you got Fox, NFL network, ESPN, ABC, CBS, big Fox, NBC. That's like seven networks all carrying the NFL that nobody has that. Nobody has that. So the NFL almost has to play because if not, that is a gigantic, not just financial hole to dig out of for the league, but for all those networks, because they're, they're, their advertising is sold based upon having NFL games. And it's not just the actual games, it's the shoulder programming, right? CBS, you come off the big AFC game into 60 Minutes. 60 Minutes would not draw nearly as well if there was no NFL game leading into it. Even though there's a Sunday night game, many people just, they get drawn in by one promo, one story coming up, the sound... And you're like, okay, I'll stay and then maybe change over to the to the Sunday night game at some point in time. Except in the West Coast. We get it all, by the way. So, I saw this story and I just found it to be fascinating. So, college football, we're getting closer and closer to decision-making time. Right now, many of the conferences have announced, the big conferences announced, <clears throat> they're going conference-only play. I read this story in Sportico. Sportico is a, a website that really tracks Um, We use it mostly for contracts. You can, I don't know how they do it. They get the details to like every contract in American professional sports. Sportico writes, no company has more money tied to the fate of the upcoming college football season than the Walt Disney Company. The dominant corporate force in college football, Disney's ESPN, co-owns two conference networks has broadcast deals with nearly all the college football's top division and televises every major bowl. It also owns literally a chunk of the smaller postseason games and controls commercial rights to sponsors and naming rights to the biggest. Last year's ESPN family of networks devised, uh, televised 282 games and sold $792.5 million in ads, according to Standard Media Index. To put that in perspective, ESPN's NFL package only generated 31 thirty three three hundred fourteen point eight million dollars the numbers don't include the college games televised by espn's acc network sec network nor the plethora of other matchups streamed on espn plus the digital service which costs five dollars a month and is popular among college football fans i think it's crazy it's not just the 502 million dollars that they're in it for abc which is also owned obviously by disney is 258 million dollars So I think here, this is interesting. Dave, Dan Cohen says ESPN business and college sports, primarily college football, is actually an ecosystem. And their business is organic as opposed to inorganic. Buying rights to Major League Baseball, then selling ads and securing affiliate deals off the content is inorganic. It's a transactional piece of business. When you own the bowl games, when you own the networks, they become the business unit of itself. Here's the downside to it. They're so all in. If it doesn't happen, remember, Disney's parks haven't been open for months either. Disney also has a cruise line. Anybody going on a cruise time? Any, any a cruise anytime soon? We're, we're talking the Walt Disney Company. Now, the good part is that Disney Plus, because everybody's been stuck at home, and you want to get your Star Wars fix in, or your um, uh, your uh, what's the uh, what's the not superheroes what's the Marvel you want to get your Marvel comics movies right Well, you got to go Disney plus and then you can watch them and that's what a lot of us have been doing you sign up for Disney plus when you didn't think you would because it didn't have the content previously but now your kids are stuck at home and they may be stuck at home for another year and you better have that Disney Plus. that's the good side the bad side is Disney parks no one's been in for months and now they can be open they can only have like 30% capacity, and we'll see how long that lasts. Disney Cruises essentially shot. ESPN hasn't had games. And if they don't have college football games, now is the ecosystem of college football because as much as they take in, they also pay out to those conferences, and those conferences use that money for all of their sports. Like this thing all works together. If you don't have college football, not only does college football po- and the college system possibly collapse. But so, too, does the Walt Disney Company. Think about that. Think, think about that for a second. The Walt Disney Company. If you don't have college football, if you try to do this college football in the spring, you're talking about imminent collapse. Blue EMU uh, Blue Emu. Uh, maximum pain relief works fast and you won't stink. It's pharmacist recommended odor free pain relief for muscle pain, back aches, strains, sprains, even arthritis. There's no st- stinging or burning involved. It's simple pain relief, blue EMU maximum pain relief works fast and you won't stink. Doug Gottlieb show rolls on here on Fox sports radio. Uh, we're going to catch up with AJ Pruszynski, of course. A great catcher in his time. Now you see him broadcasting games MLB on Fox. Look, I, I think there's an intimacy to golf with those fans where you can hear, you know, Phil over the weekend. That didn't play out the way I saw it in my mind when he tried to putt from seventy eight yards out. Right. That was that was great. I don't think we get that if there are fans. Uh, major league baseball, I, I don't I don't know the effect on a regular season game. There's got to be parts to it, which are freeing. Have you ever been with a major league baseball player the day of the game? You know, especially the stars, they get there, they come out, there's the autograph hounds, which one of these kids are for real. And which one of these kids are just, you know, some adult gave them something to get signed. Yes. John Ramos.
8: I think I heard A-Rod say yesterday that he thought Giancarlo Stanton was going to have a better season because of no fans in in New York. He would relax him. He would be much better playing at Yankee Stadium because no fans and the pressure would be off him. So the same thing you just said right now about fans is like some of these guys, maybe the pressure would be off them and they're much more relaxed.
3: Yes. Um, On the other hand, some guys do step up to are are better when there's crowds. And, And there's also, there's also this, this deal where, you know, I can tell you when I wasn't guard, it was harder when you weren't guarded to make shots than when you were. I don't know know if I can explain that. And while it may seem like John Carlos Stanton may be better without fans, maybe he won't. You know, maybe he won't. It all depends on the wiring of the guy. And a lot of it is if you get it going early. And remember, this is a shortened season. You would think that the arms will get tired, although a lot of these guys are only pitching a couple of innings anyway. So I don't know. I don't know. Mookie Betts was pretty good last night getting on base after signing a monster, monster contract the day before. Sounded like a regular baseball game, didn't it? Like, of all the things that are sound exactly the same, baseball on radio. I was listening to AM570 a little bit last night, and you're like, wow, this sounds like every, I mean, obviously no Vin, but sounds like every other Dodger game ever. You know? All you need is some guy going, Pop, God! Come be, come be here. Be a man. Yeah. Right. Be up. Lemonade. Does anybody have a does anybody have a, a cotton candy maker at home? Does that exist? Is, is there a home cotton candy maker? They
8: me? exist. Yeah, yes. You, you can actually rent them for parties. We did it one time for I think Sarah's party.
3: How How hard was it?
8: Uh, it was tough. I mean, you have to like, it, it like spins around. You have to, it's not easy. How's that?
3: So what, what do you make it with?
8: I think it was, um. Granular sugar?
3: Yes. And what do you mix it with to get it to be that, It's, that it, it's been a side.
8: while, Doug. She was like five when we did it. She's like 15 now. I don't exactly remember. <laughs> but I, I remember sugar was one of them. Yeah. Well, no, sugar's the whole thing. It, it's all it is <laughs> is sugar.
3: It literally has no nothing else.
8: Sugar and, sugar and celery, yes. And sugar,
3: and sugar, and sugar. A little bit more sugar. It's got. Oh man. Sugar. But uh, was was it yesterday or the day before this National Hot Dog Day as well?
8: What's the day? Before? It was one of the last two days. You're right. Yes.
3: You a hot dog guy, John?
8: I love hot dogs. Yes.
3: I like the way they smell. I'll take the first bite, but I'm not. You know, my older age. I don't know. I just. I haven't. I don't love dig hot dogs anymore. Are, are you dunking the bun in the water
4: like Joey Chestnut? No. No. Jeez. <laughs> no. He's not trying to swallow fifty of huh? no. <laughs> just wants to eat one.
3: How bad was Fauci's pitch?
8: Maybe was so bad. Usually you practice. I, I'm sure he didn't practice. I'm sure he just. He just. He just yeah, winged it. Yeah, I, I can't imagine that. You know
3: it well, that's i that that's really bad president trump is going to do the yankees uh, is he pitch. yes i got to see this man. man a lot of pressure <laughs> uh, bush's bush's first pitch after the after 911 was was awesome was awesome i've done that once do you guys know that angel stadium uh, this is in like 2010 maybe yeah in 2010 I was asked throughout the first pitch, Angel Stadium, we were on, they have their own radio network, and my this show was at that time on a different network, and it put us on, that's kind of Orange County, LA, and it was a big thing, so I got to throw out the first pitch, and everybody was giving me advice, like, hey, you know, don't come in high, don't, don't come in high, because you're up on the mound, you don't get to warm up on the mound, they don't let you take a mid out there, so my first pitch story goes like this, I flew into Southern California, and I don't know if it was around SB time, or whatever, but they actually—I broadcast from from LA the first day, and they put us at a hotel in like North Hollywood, and I was exhausted because I had flown across country. I'd done something the week before, got home for like two days, met, you know, was just with the kids, and then flew out, flew here, did a show, and then I went in my hotel room, cranked up the AC, and just passed out, and I had my shirt off. And when I woke up, all of a sudden, my my back was like spasming to the point where I had these massive knots in my back. So I'm kind of freaking out. I call a uh, massage therapist, uh, a dude, and he comes in and he just grinds on my back and, and it felt amazing. But the knots got actually bigger and swole up every, even more. Some of it was the air was cold overnight and blowing on my back. And I woke up the next day and, like, now I can't move. And I got to throw out the first pitch of the Angel game. My late father had a basketball practice that afternoon just down the street from the stadium. So I went to the basketball practice, and one of the dads there, thankfully, was a chiropractor. He adjusted me. And because he adjusted me, I wasn't in as much pain. I was able to throw a pretty good fastball that ended up running up a little bit high. Yes, Kevin? Oh, okay. AJ Brzezinski joins us. AJ, what's the worst fits, first pitch you ever
4: caught?
3: AJ, you with me? There you go. AJ Brzezinski joins us here on the Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio. AJ, what's the worst first pitch you ever caught?
9: Um, ironically, it was probably Bob Costas. Really? yeah I know he was uh I was playing for the Cardinals uh Bob and I had known each other from a little bit, and he asked me if I'd come out and catch it and I did, and he threw it so far to my right, so kind of where fauci threw it last night uh I missed it luckily for him, he's Bob Costas, and he can refilm it, and he redid it. They got to redo it and he threw a perfect one and they made a commercial for visit St. Louis out of it. no way he got to re- he had got- he got a do over. You got a do-over. No one booed. No one even noticed. It was in the middle of a huge crowd. He goes out, throws a dud, and then he comes back, throws one perfect.
3: What do you think about the game so far? I mean, no, no crowd. To those of us at home, there is some nor- <laughs> there is some normalcy to it. But as a guy who, who you know who played in so many different some vicious environments, opening day usually you know best crowd of, of the first couple uh, first couple weeks of the season, or maybe opening opening weekend. W- what's this like for you to watch?
9: Well, it would suck for me as a player. I would have hated it because I'm kind of a person that fed off of the crowd and the the energy of the crowd, good or bad. Uh, I think it's weird. It's, I'm happy that it's back, um, but I'm also – it's weird watching with, it, with no noise. Join uh, a game tomorrow, the Dodgers-Giants. There's no crowd to wait to react. There's no – the guy hits a home run. You don't have to wait for the crowd to stop cheering to talk about it because there will be no crowd. Uh, it's going to be a little bit different. But as an old player that fed off the crowd, I would have had a hard time getting up for some games uh, without the crowd booing me or cheering me or whatever it is telling me I stink.
3: Who does it benefit? AJ, who does it benefit? What's that? Who does it benefit? Who who does not having a crowd for a guy like you it doesn't. So it's uh... Uh,
9: people that the crowd bothers. So it'd be like when when you played basketball if there was a person on your team that. When they went to the, they could make all the free throws in practice, and then they couldn't. They couldn't do it when the crowd was cheering or booing them, right? They went on the road and they were playing uh, at the hostile environment, wherever it is, and and they're and they're booing them when they're trying to make the last second free throws, and there's nobody there, and they're like, oh my gosh, there's crowd or people watching me. Uh, The people that couldn't handle that are the people that having no crowd will not affect.
3: Um, what what about what about the actual gameplay other than just the emotions of having a crowd, not having a crowd? any idea of other things that will come out of this
9: can you repeat that? i'm sorry it's like going in and out i'm sorry doug.
3: no no for, no problem um what what about standing
9: like in the same spot
3: no it's it's okay man we'll, we'll figure it out everybody has a cell phone everybody's had that 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 reception issue before aj Brzezinski, and will be on fox analyst joining us doug Gottlieb, show fox sports radio um what what other parts of the game will kind of change and evolve you know in terms of I'm, nobody chatters anymore, but signs. Obviously, sign stealing was a big part of the offseason. Like, what else will we pick up on? What else will we lose? What do you think else will change because there's no fans, and suddenly now we can just focus on all the different game action?
9: Well, I think you'll hear a lot more curse words, probably. <laughs> uh, they keep the mics hot. Uh, guys getting out or getting hits or pinchers giving up hits. or uh, I love the sounds. You can hear the sounds much more cleanly on the mics with all the mics that are everywhere you can hear the crack of the bat and the glove and and guys talking to each other which i think is amazing because there's so much more communication that goes on uh that stuff is great um the no spitting thing would be the hardest thing to to handle because you're just ingrained in you as a baseball player that you spit so i don't know if they find you or if they like take pitches away from you or what but uh that's the hardest thing. That would be the hardest one for me to handle is like the nose spitting. And then someone hits a home run. You want to give them a high five. It's hard not to run over to him and give them a high five.
3: Mookie Betts signs a massive contract with the Dodgers. Uh, Are the Red Sox going to regret trading him?
9: No, I don't think they will. I think they made the move they had to make in order to keep themselves relevant for the long run. The Dodgers have an unlimited amount of money and Mookie Betts is a special talent, but the Red Sox were kind of, in a spot with the Chris Sale contract, if they would have signed Mookie Betts for the contract he signed, they would have been in a tough spot financially. I know they're the Red Sox and everything, but you have J.D. Martinez, you have Mookie Betts, you have Chris Sale on long-term deals, you have other guys coming up, you have Bogarts who signed a nice contract. Uh, It would have been in a tough spot. And do the Red Sox? No, I don't think they will, but I'm happy for Mookie Betts because I played with him when he first came up, and he's a great, great guy.
3: It's really, I mean, it's pretty amazing—a fifth-round pick, homegrown, to grow to to that level of prominence and get that amount, that that type of contract. Uh, what do you think of the the you know the Dodgers are such a prohibitive favorite to come out of the NL? Where is the flaw with the Dodgers?
9: Um, well, I think the Dodgers are the favorite, yes, but I don't think they're that much of a favorite. I don't think that they're unstoppable. I don't think their starting pitching is as solid as people think. Um, I think that they, yes, they're the favorite and so are the Yankees, but the Astros are right there. And as far as the money goes wise, I mean, they're lucky that, like the Yankees for years, people said, um, the Yankees buy everybody, but then they have gone forever without for winning. So I think it's different, but yes, they're favorites because they have money, but there are other teams in the national league that can't compete with them and possibly be with them it, in, a, especially in the new three game series. It'll be crazy.
3: Yeah. Uh, are the Reds one of those teams?
9: What's that? Sorry.
3: Like, like I, I hear people buying into the, into the Reds. Are you a buyer? A
9: buyer of who? The Reds. The Reds? Yes. Yes, I am. I can't believe I just said that. Did I really just say that out yeah, loud? You that did? the
3: Reds? I mean, look, I, yes. I, I said it too. I can't remember the yes. last time I would ever mention the Cincinnati Reds in a national radio yes. broadcast, but I, I am.
9: Yes, I know. It's so funny to say that, but yes, I am a buyer. You know why? Cause they have starting pitching they have a Iglesias coming out of the bullpen it's disgusting uh it's so good his slider is combo fastball slider he's el duque as a closer uh pitches like him looks like him has the heart of him uh their lineup one through nine is pretty darn good uh Joe Vado I think will have a big year in a short season uh he doesn't have to carry him Castellano's Mustakis are great signings uh Suarez is a good player uh Man, yeah, I am. I'm buying the Reds, and I never thought I would say that for a long time. But yeah, they made some great moves, and they've got some young guys that have really stepped up nicely.
3: Um, uh, you know, catchers are point guards, are quarterbacks. They they see everything. They they know everything. As as a former catcher and a guy who won a World Series, who's the guy who you most respect behind the plate?
9: Oh, right now, or my admire respect or admire is my question. I mean, respect you have to go. With like someone like Yachty, who I was fortunate enough to play with, uh, I respect how he goes out there every day and plays every day. Uh, the guy who I admire and I wish I could play like is Real Muto. Muto right yeah. Now. yeah,
3: yeah. He's he is JT. Is he the best? Is he the best catcher in baseball right now?
9: All around, I would say yes. He can do things that I've. I had a talk with him last year. I did a Phillies game, and I was asking about the way he catches and the way he sets up with runners on base. And he sets up differently if the guy's going or if he's blocking a pitch. And I'm like, how in the world do you do that? He's like, I'm just athletic enough that I can set up differently once I hear if the guy's going or not. And I'm like, I'm I'm in shock. I'm in awe of you right now that you're that athletic and still play the way you do, block the ball and throw the way you can. I've never seen anyone do what he does.
3: Okay, so try and describe to me, like, what what is it that's different about how he sets up compared to how everybody else is always set up?
9: Well, he, if you watch, next time you watch a Phillies game, just watch, Uh, the, he'll, he'll set up. He'll give the sign. He'll wait until the pitcher picks his leg up. And if the runner's going, he'll set up as a thrower. And if he doesn't hear going, he'll set up to block the pitch. And he can do that mid-pitch. And that's the thing I've never seen. Most of the time, you're ready to block, and then you adjust to the guy going. He does it mid-pitch with, with seamlessly, and you don't even notice it unless you know what you're looking for.
3: Uh, the, the, you're you're going to do the, the Dodgers-Giants. The Giants have been you know kind of now all of a sudden in rebuild mode. Uh, Gabe Kapler's got, got his second opportunity. How did this happen? How did we get to this place where the Giants are one of the worst teams in baseball?
9: Well, no bum Gardner. Posey didn't play right. Yeah. No belt, no Longoria. Uh, Crawford's down, uh, not playing as well as he has in years past. Uh, Hunter Pence is, is back, but is it too? He's kind of a shell of what he was, even though he made the all-star team last year. Uh, their outfield's different. Their bullpen isn't the same. Johnny Cueto started nice last night. Their bullpen isn't what the Giants bullpen had been. Uh, mm-hmm. Man, they just got old fast. I believe. I mean, they won three World Series. The core guys Belt, Posey, Crawford, uh, Bumgarner—they won three World Series. Bruce Bochy behind the behind the in the dugout, kind of running the, the ship seamlessly. Uh, it, it happens to every team. Uh, even the old Yankees with Jeter and those guys—you get old and then you just lose it, and you have to start over. And Giants aren't afraid to start over. That's why they brought in Gabe Kapler, and we'll see how long it takes him.
3: The Angels—the pitching has has been just a perpetual issue, right? But they they yeah is is there is their lineup power dominant enough to carry them maybe at least to the playoffs? Considering there's more teams in the playoffs.
9: Well, I mean, they need Rendon to get back. Right, you can't lose you can't lose Anthony Rendon, your big slash. You need Otani to stay healthy. Uh, the the starting the pitching just is not enough? I mean, Tehran already's missed some time with with the COVID stuff. Uh, Mike Trout's the best player going, but he's only one guy. Um, holds is up there in age if Tani can hit, but again, it's, it's such a tough division. You have the A's, you have the Astros, which I think are better than them on paper. Uh, I know there's expanded playoffs. Can they sneak in? Yes. Will they win their division? I don't think so. Uh, can they go deep in the playoffs? Not unless they find another starting pitcher or two and, and get the bullpen to lock down. It's, it is really hard to make the playoffs. And major league baseball is harder than ever. Now it's easier than ever with the new thing, but it's also harder than ever to advance because the Dodgers, the, the Yankees, the Astros, the top teams are so much better, I believe, than the rest of the league. Can they be beaten? Yes. But can in a five, seven-game series will those teams lose? Man, it's going to take a special performance by some teams.
3: AJ, man, great to catch up. Let's do so uh, after COVID sometime in person. Meantime, can't wait to hear you call the game. And we appreciate you joining us on Fox Sports Radio.
9: Hey, Doug, thanks a lot. Sorry about the cell phone nah. problems, man. It's one of those da-
3: things. Happens. A.J. Pruszynski. Let's just hope it doesn't happen when you're calling the game, right? Or, <laughs> right? Get one of those Get one of those jabbies. Uh. You know what we're going to play next? Psychic. You know why? I'm psychic. It's next to the Doug Gottlieb Show. Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. Next hour, John Middlecoff joins us. Will the Jets trade Jamal Adams? Should they trade Come on. We'll get to that. But first, let's get to Isaac Lohenkron with the game.
4: game time.
6: This is game time. It's game time. On the Doug Gottlieb Show.
10: Ike, what do you got? Let's make it official. All right, Psychic. The, psychic? The New York Daily News reports that contract negotiations between the Knicks and Tom Thibodeau have stalled, meaning... The present Lakers assistant Jason Kidd is now the new front runner for the Knicks head coaching job, with Thibodeau now the NBA equivalent of someone who got off the Titanic at Southampton. Psychic, will Jason Kidd be the coach to turn around the Knicks? Um, sorry, my earpiece came out.
3: Was the question was, is Jason Kidd the right guy to turn around the Knicks? I'm afraid so. Can you imagine if he if he doesn't? Like, you know, all you want in life is an, not just an opportunity, but an opportunity to succeed, right? Yeah. Who are the other two teams he coached? Uh, That would be the Bucks and the Nets. Right. Now, the, the, the Nets, when he took over, they were old, right? That was KG was there. Jason Terry was there. You know, they, they were just, they were old. It was a terrible trade, but they did have players, and they didn't win anything, right? Maybe it was too soon. It was right after he retired from playing with the Knicks, by the way. Um, and he was the coach of the Bucks before Mike Budenholzer. So, granted, Giannis wasn't Giannis then, but he did have Giannis, and he had players, and it didn't work. I mean, just kind of fascinating to me. If that one doesn't work for Jason Kidd, like, imagine if he had a bad job. Those are all good jo- Those are good jobs that he got. I do think he'll get the chance. I do think he'll do a better job. I would guess that he's learned a ton from his previous experiences.
10: Going to be interesting whenever James Dolan is involved, that's for sure. All right, Psychic, let's move on to Major League Baseball. Clayton Kershaw yesterday scratched from his opening day start, not only scratched but placed on the injured list with back stiffness. Psychic, will Kershaw return to be one of the best pitchers in the majors this season? No.
3: No. Will he return? Yes. would be one of the best pitchers in Major League Baseball? No. Will he be a good pitcher? Yes. Yes. But, I mean, clearly he's he's aged. He's not the same guy as he once was. And, no, he's not. His days of being a dominant pitcher, I believe, are fairly over. And the, the back problems have,
10: have been around for a while. Collecting dominant pitcher paychecks, however. Finally, the Seattle Kraken is the nickname of the NHL's newest expansion team. Psychic. Will the Kraken have have the same first year success as the Vegas Golden Knights and reach the Stanley Cup final in their first season of play, which would be the 2021-22 campaign? Um, I love the
3: Kraken nickname. And I love the question. I have no idea. I have no idea. Like, Honestly, you ask me a hockey question, you'd be like, why don't you ask me what the weather's like on Mars?
10: You are psychic, though. I'm just saying.
3: My psychic powers only extend so much. <laughs>
10: That's game, huh? Game time. This
6: is game time on the Doug Gottlieb Show.
3: I mean, do you want me to lie to you, Isaac? Is that what you like? Like I lie to you and, and tell you exactly, you know, what you want to hear? I have, I have zero idea. Not even, not even the slightest clue.
4: You got to get to a Ducks game, Doug. Come
3: on. Um, I go to Ducks game. They need to update that arena. That arena is dated. <laughs> dated. What do you do with a malcontent who's under contract for two years? Tell you next on the Doug Gottlieb Show.
6: Be sure to catch the live edition of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific. At Bet365, we don't do
0: ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365.
3: Doug Gottlieb show Fox Sports Radio.
8: Mm-mm-mm.
3: Um, Jamal Adams wants to be traded. This is not breaking news. Jamal Adams is a tremendous player. Also, not breaking news. But Jamal Adams is is uh well. He's doing that thing that guys do, which at the time they think is helping them and is really hurting them, right? Really, really hurting them. Um, Look, he's a hell of a player. But going public and destroying your head coach while being under contract for at least the next two years and up to the next five years where you're not even a free agent it's it's the ultimate stalemate, ultimate stalemate. You're in a pandemic. You got a GM that didn't draft you, a coach that didn't draft you. And you're calling out the coach's leadership and coaching style. Meanwhile, asking to be traded because you want to change the market in terms of the contract that you would get. Right? If, if the desire is to cha- trade change teams, well, that that you listen, you're allowed to do that. If you think, hey, the best way to get paid or I don't like playing for this guy, I get it. It happens. We've all had a boss. They're like, just not my not my type of dude. Okay. Or you've worked for a company where you think, you know, they're just perpetually cheap and I'm never going to get what I feel like I rightfully deserve. However, when you start calling out the coaching, even if what you're saying is true, that this is what people are missing. Jets fans don't like Adam Gase. He said that Adam Gase never says anything in front of the full team, just not a leader, not the right leader for for the franchise. All right. So, a portion of me says, like, if you're the Jets, you go to Jamad and say, okay, well, what if we change coaches? Would you stay then? No, because that's not what this is about. This is simply about money. And in your desire to get paid, the more the more saber-rattling there is, The more of a peeing contest this becomes, the more you start to realize, hold on a second now, dude. The only way we're going to trade you is if we get a high level first round pick and something else likely in return, not just a cat. Why would we give away one of the top safeties in football when we got you under contract for one more year at almost nothing, two more years at a reasonable sum and up to four years at top of the market? Why would we do that? We're not just going to give you away. But the more you say, the more it hurts your trade value, but it doesn't hurt the trade value in the, in the eyes of the, the jets because they probably sat down and said, look, we're not doing it unless we get a first and a third for this guy. And to this point, no one's ever never come to that place. So I, I think it's, it's fascinating. You know, sure plenty of teams are asking about the asking price. What does it cost? But the asking price is not going to go down even if his value goes down because they think he won't play for the Jets. He's going to play for the Jets. This is the big misconception that people have. Jamal Adams is not a free agent. He is not. He's not going to be a free agent anytime soon. If the Jets want to sit there and stick it to Jamal Adams, they absolutely can't. And here's the other lie that you're going to be told. You're going to be told, well, you know, he's only set to make $825,000 in base salary. The rookie contract that he signed was a four-year guaranteed deal. Within those those four-year guaranteed deal, he got $14.79 million up front. That's what he got in the very first year. Now, the second year, hey, okay, the second year, he didn't make nearly as much cash. Uh, but he got a $3.582 million signing bonus. And then he made about $555,000, all in 1.47. Uh, Last year, 2.4. This year, 3.5. Next year's the the, the fifth-year option. at his position goes up to $9.8 million. Then he would be a... Uh, technically an unrestricted free agent, but they could franchise tag him for up to two more years and then transition tag him after that. Jamal Adams isn't going anywhere. He's dealing from no leverage. And instead of trying to establish leverage, he's killing it by killing the very coaching staff who he'd have to play for or would have to trade him. See, because what it does to the rest of the league is they say, well, you know, how much value does he really have? He doesn't want to play for the Jets anymore. But the Jets are still sitting there going, like, who cares? He's one of the top safeties in football. The asking price for him heading into his second contract should be a first and something else. The Jets are, J- are going to rightfully believe his value is still the same, whereas the rest of the league is going to take his value down a notch and maybe even two. And I'm not saying it's because he calls out, calls out uh, uh, his head coach. It's because the appearance means it makes it really sticky for him to play for said head coach. That's what it does. But I I always find these things interesting where you'll get people who just lie about NFL players. They'll say their contracts aren't guaranteed. Yes, they are. First-round draft picks contracts are 100% guaranteed, and most of it is paid up front. Most of it. Like his his contract was twenty, four years, twenty-two million dollars. He made 14.7 when he first signed the contract. He made over half his money the second he signed that contract. And then that doesn't take into account next year's fifth-year option, which is $10 million. So it's front and back loaded. He's in the middle, so it makes him look like he makes pennies on the dollar. When the truth is, that's just based upon how the contract's actually built. That's what that is. 877-99-FOX is the phone number. Great uh, second hour of the show we have for you. Absolutely phenomenal. John Middlecoff will join us upcoming. Get his thoughts on Jamal Adams. But if I'm the Jets, I sit there and I I put my price down. This is what I think he's worth. You know, if if you like real estate, you guys like, you guys like the site Zillow? Zillow has the make me move. You know, you can list your house. You just go, hey, make me move. Oh, you like my house? Cool. Pay me 200 above what everyone else in the neighborhood is getting for their house per square foot, and I'll give it to you. That's the make-me-move price. That's what the jet should be. We got a guy under contract. If you want him, you're going to have to overpay based upon this offer. If you can't do it, you move on. That guy, in order to get paid, has to keep showing up. Coming up next, John Middlecoff joins the show. I'll get his thoughts on the Washington football team nickname and on Jamal Adams. So many of these players have stuck their, their heels in the dirt and said what they do and don't want to do, what do you do if you're the Jets?
6: That's upcoming next. Be sure to catch the live edition of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app.
3: Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. John Middlecoff will join us in a second. You know, here's the thing. Uh, I, I've i done a lot of these shows here. I remember doing the show when, um, when Drew Brees uh, said, I will never agree with somebody who disrespects the flag. And I remember walking out to, there's like a soundstage basically where Colin does his show and I was hosting the show, thinking to myself, God, these shows are no fun. Because there's nothing you can really say. Because look, uh, who's the, who's the, the cat from the, is it the Orioles who didn't kneel before the flag, kneel for the flag last night? It's the Giants. Giants. And. And I think it's a great point that that's being made, which is by by some people, which is like, hey, to the people who kneel and it's your right to kneel, if you want people to believe it's your right to kneel, you know what else you have the right to do? You have the right to stand at attention before the flag as well. That's how this country works. That's how the exercise works. Figure it out. Okay. No one is saying, or at least I'm not saying, that you're not allowed to protest peacefully, especially when the national anthem is being played. I wouldn't do it. I do think it's disrespectful for the before the flag. It's intentionally disrespectful. Also, please stop being dishonest about it's not about the flag. It's not about. Yes, it is. It is. It's about what the flag represents to you. And if to you it represents oppression or police brutality, like, okay, and you believe that kneeling before it is your personal protest, you're allowed to. You're also allowed to burn the flag. That is that is protected right. But you're also allowed to respect the flag and to stand at, at, at attention before the flag. That's what you're supposed to do. And I think different situation calls for different things. You know, like if it was the Olympics this summer, I don't believe you kneel before the flag if you're at the Olympics. You're representing the country you stand at attention when the National anthem's is played. It's different than when you're in the country. That's a different discussion. We'll get to that next summer if, if next summer sports actually happen. We don't know. But I was, I was doing the radio show when Drew Brees, and look, I disagree with the tone because Drew was doing that. I didn't even want to hear it. This is what it means to me. I, I didn't think it was the worst thing in the world. I think he was saying what the flag meant to him, which is honest. But you would have thought people said you were saying things about somebody's mother, right? How people called him out. And I remember walking out saying, like, look, if we can take away the tone of what he's saying in that one, those couple of words when he said, I will never agree with. Because that just that sounds kind of closed off. When when had he simply said, look, the, this is what the flag represents to me. Here's why I stand. I don't think anybody could have had, had found found fault with it. I had a couple grandpas who fought and died. And OK. Like that's what it represents to you. To some people, it represents something different. Um. But but we we become the least fun country ever. And America is a lot of things. America is fun. We're fun. We're fun. If it's got water, we found a way to put something in it that you know. Now everybody's doing that uh, water surfing. You guys seen this? Everybody's doing the water surfing where you catch the wake behind the boat and you don't, you no longer have the handle. Like, that's fun. I don't know if that was invented in America, but we're going to take that one and count, call it as our own. Jet skis, feel American. Big power boats, American. Surfing, American. Hawaiian, but American, whatever. We'll, we'll take it. America, there's a lot of fun things to this country that... Individually, you can get other places. You can't get everything we do in another country. But the Washington, formerly known as Redskins football team, not picking a nickname, only only shows what I've long said, which is it's actually hard to find a nickname. You don't want to be offensive. On the other hand, you don't want to be cartoonish. And you just don't have time on your side. And oh yeah, by the way, I think the thing that they're going to find is the biggest mistake is... Losing the redskin moniker on the side of the helmet, that was anyone who who wants to point out anything about the name being disrespectful, the Native American leader on the side of the Washington Redskins helmet looked like looked like a proud warrior. That's what it looked like. So now they're not going to have a name for a football team. this is this is the the if the police are run amuck, I think we can all agree that so too are the 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 PC police because you can find fault with almost every name. And instead of rushing it, the Redskins will just go with the Washington football team. Maybe they add a nickname. Maybe they don't. Let's just see what the polling says as the season gets underway. Let's get you to Isaac Lohenkron and find out what else is going on. Ike, what do you got?
10: Doug, we're still awaiting the results of voting by NFL player reps to approve the owner's proposal of changes to the CBA. If the proposal does pass, it paves the way for training camps. To begin full bore, the NFL Players Association Executive Committee voted unanimously to recommend the approval of the owner's proposal. Big news in college football. Michigan State's entire football team will quarantine for the next 14 days after one player and two staff members tested positive for the coronavirus. Now get this, about four hours before this news broke publicly, Michigan State's starting right tackle, Jordan Reed, tweeted, quote, guys are testing positive across the country, left and right. Why is there still discussion on a season? Why is it taking so long to make a logical decision? Hmm. Let me guess. Revenue. Unquote. With revenue in all caps.
4: Yes,
3: you idiot. God, I just. Oh, look, look, Jordan Reed, college football fans. Writers, okay? Yes, college football makes money. That money is used to pay for everything that you have, you idiot. Revenue is not a bad thing. It is a fact of life. We're not operating charities, okay? It's not what this is. College football is not a charity. Because if it was, you wouldn't have all that gear. You wouldn't have all the stadiums. You wouldn't have all those coaches. You wouldn't have all the... The, 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 the cryo chambers, let me get this revenue. Yeah. They want to play or they lose massive, massive amounts of money. This is what happens when you have a little bit of you're intelligent and you have a little bit of knowledge, you know, part of the story. Like, look, dude. Yeah. Like obviously you have no real world experience. I don't know if people understand how perilously close we are to the college system, not just sports, the college system collapsing. And that would be catastrophic to the economy. Catastrophic. Like, you have zero clue what you're talking about. You should do yourself a favor and not speak. Okay? Let the adults in the room that understand how things work Okay. Michigan State is a school of uh, 40,000 people. Okay. 40,000 people. Okay. So in addition to the athletic department likely losing in the $100 million range if they don't have football, and they'll still lose a bunch of money if they have football and don't have fans, but it won't be as much money. Okay. So that would set all of Michigan State athletics back for years. If you don't have students on campus, It's not just their fees. It's not just the room, the room and board, which the school would lose out on. All of the fundraising functions would, would go away. That builds up, uh, that builds up the coffers. The, the town, all the hotel rooms, What, what 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 are hotels? Not just, you know, bed and breakfast, but all the big hotel chains, all the big restaurants and the local pubs. What do they do for revenue? Like you just didn't, Just stop talking. Revenue is not a bad thing. I'm not sitting here as the ultimate capitalist saying, throw kids out there. Look, if you test positive, you quarantine for two weeks, and then you go back and you play football. This is not hard. And if you go home, you still would have the same or greater likelihood of getting sick, only you don't have the medical care you have at home. So shut the hell up with the revenue, dude. You don't know what you're talking about. You know, but you don't actually know. A little bit of knowledge is actually a scary thing at times. Let's get to John Middlecoff. He joins us. God, these people drive me crazy. How are you? Doug, you're excited. I just, I don't, like, this is what happens with college football fan, college football writer, now college football player. You're like, man, they make a lot of money. Yes, they make money. Yes, all of these things cost money. You have to make money to pay for things that's how the world works we can't just keep cutting checks to people with no revenue coming in i don't i don't know why it's such it's it's like a boogeyman
11: you know you bring up a good point about some of these cities and and on the west coast i think sometimes we forget because you know like usc ucla they're in major cities but i worked at fresno state and fresno state football is a major revenue driver for the town also the save march center where fresno state plays basketball in brings everyone from Taylor Swift to the Rolling Stones come through, which equal a lot of money. And then obviously a lot of the big programs outside of the West Coast are not in major cities. When I worked for the Eagles, I went to a Penn State practice in the middle of nowhere. All my friends that do the SEC, it's all these cities are not major cities, right? And I, I just think that people don't quite grasp, especially the, the media can be very anti-capitalism in business. And, and listen, the NCAA has their own issues, but – I, I don't think people quite comprehend. And if you haven't understood it during the coronavirus of when you shut down or when you don't do things, go away and they do not come back. You know, it's it, it becomes very complicated. And I think a lot of people just either don't want to get it or are incapable of quite understanding the ramifications of some of this stuff.
3: Uh, we're watching Major League Baseball being played We're watching uh, NBA basketball being played. I mean, logic is that the NFL can work this thing out as well. What do you, your guys in the league that you talk to? They think we're having a season?
11: Yeah, had a buddy yesterday. He's like, I'm officially in NBA or NFL quarantine. Basically, he just gets tested every day, you know, just as a scout and coaches. And right now the players, you know, are doing that thing where they get tested and then they, at least the quarterbacks, the veterans don't officially report for a couple more days where they get tested and they stay away for a couple of days. i you know, in pro sports, I don't think people quite grasp this. Like in college sports, the head, like Coach K or Nick Saban, they impact and their words for the way you're going to run the business have a lot of influence. Andy Reid and Bill Belichick have no impact on the setup of these protocols. It's a league office thing. It's an owner thing. The coaches and GMs, I mean, they may have their opinions, but no one cares. It's all about money. And I think they're just kind of have to figure it out as they go. The, the NBA has the bubble. I think baseball is a better example, right? Because these guys, like last night for the Dodger game, the Dodgers all go home and then they come back. So there is going to have to be a lot of self-responsibility. And I was thinking about it today, like the older players in the league, like a J.J. Watt or Richard Sherman, especially guys with families. It's like, yeah, it won't be an issue. But think about a lot of people in the NFL, a lot of guys are single players under 25 years old you know, to have those guys focus, especially in some of these cities that are are, cl- or are open, uh, could be a little challenging. Uh, you know, just the just the number of people you have on an NFL team is double a baseball team, and baseball is double a basketball team. So it's just you're just dealing with a lot of a lot of younger people that have, you know, discretionary income, so they they can kind of do whatever they want.
3: There's an expression I've heard in in media, which I think works for Jamal Adams, some which is, you can be right and you can be out of a job, right? Um, I don't think he'd be out of a job, but he may be right that Adam Gase isn't the right guy. He may be right that he's underpaid. He might be right that they don't, you know, love him or appreciate him because Joe Douglas didn't draft him or these things, but that doesn't mean that they're going to move him because, well, he's hurting his own value with many of his statements. And, oh, yeah, by the way, he's under contract for, the, the next couple of years because he's not a free agent, right? He's in his fourth year. Then he's got his fifth year option. Then potentially could be franchise tag for two or three years. Like they, there is no reason that they have to move Jamal Adams, even if everything he's saying is in fact, correct.
11: Well, and the, and the flip side is if you are the jets and you're like on the fence, like you would move them. If you think about probably the three most famous kind of younger players holdout slash trade demands recently was Jalen Ramsey, Aaron Donald and Khalil Mack. Now, Aaron Donald was never available, but if he, they had said, like, yeah, we'll think about trading this guy, every team in the league would have been lined up. Gruden makes him available. Every team in the league is lined up offering multiple ones. Jalen Ramsey, maybe a little less because he had just, you know, it's not like a bad character guy, but he's kind of a pain. But he's so elite and he's a corner, multiple teams were willing to trade a boatload of picks. Jamal Adams is a box safety. Good player. You know, very good against the run, good blitzer, but you get paid. Those two guys, the two defensive linemen, rush the passer. Jalen covers the wide receivers. This guy plays the run. You know, if I need a sweet safety, I need a guy, especially in the prime of his career, can he cover George Kittle and Travis Kelsey? Because that's like what they just drafted Isaiah Simmons to do in in Arizona. Like, that's the thought process behind it. That's not really Jamal's deal. So every team, if I am Joe Douglas, and I inherited this problem because I didn't draft this guy or hire the coach, I go, well, we did draft this guy sixth overall, and he's one of our better players. I'm not just going to give him away to, like, Belichick for a third or Howie Roseman or something because no one's going to be offering a first-round pick. So I'm just – unless he's a complete headache, which I'll give Jamal credit. He's, he's doing everything possible to, to kind of will his way out of there. But I, you just, you're just you not going to give him away. And that's – it's a tough spot. You know, Welcome to the NFL, Joe Douglas, as your first GM major problem. Like, is he going to show up? Like, is Jamal going to hold out? 'Cause if he shows up to camp, he just lost a bunch of leverage right there. Uh this is not the NBA where you Kyrie Irving goes, trade me to one of these three teams or Anthony Davis, you get traded to those teams. Like why Joe Douglas doesn't care. So I, I think the situation is, is a little complicated on Jamal Adams side. Now, I, I will give him his media strategist credit. If you do want to force a trade, just come out and blast the coach. Even though he's already done it before, but like legit put it in print and you you got a chance to get traded.
3: What do you what do you do? Um with the coach if you're joe douglas
11: well i mean i i know they're friends right they had worked together in chicago i i have friends in the league that worked with adam Gase, and, and you know everyone will say he's a little weird but i think most coaches are kind of like them <clears throat> i think things have gotten a little weird in his career whether it's the the money whether it's just not handling the power i don't know it's it's not gone well you know in uh in new york but they did go seven and nine last year with some disasters what Who's to say the division's much more wide open with Brady gone? Everyone's kind of anointing the Bills, and I think the Bills are going to be good. But what if what if he wins nine games? I mean, we'll see. I I, I wouldn't just Adam Gase was kind of like Kyle Shanahan and Sean McVay before those guys. Now his personality is completely different, and that's clearly kind of feels what's holding him back. Not like no one ever goes, you know what Adam Gase doesn't know offense. Like it feels like you know he n- understands scheme. It's just he can't get along. You know he kind of feels like. A lot of the Belichickian guys over the years, he just he can't have a conversation as a human. And I I would say in 2000, if it was 1997, he'd be like, well, if you can coach, who cares? In, in 2020, in the times we live in, it feels like it's a little harder to be like that.
3: It puts Darnold in a really weird situation, right? Because his whole thing is, I'm going to be the one, I'm going to ride Darnold, right? Like because Manning is the guy who, um, wh- mm-hmm. whether it's real or imagined, like that's. He loves that, him. That yeah, he, yeah. Gase, uh, Manning loves Gase, and if Manning loves you, he squares by him. Then there you go. Um, it it puts Darnold in this uh in inev- en- unenviable position. Like he didn't he didn't pick Gase. He's his second coach. I'm not sure he's an actual fit for that system anyway. But
11: but but if Sam's good for Adam, and Adam makes him like you know a Pro Bowl level player, that's going to put a lot of money in Sam's pocket, make him a star in New York and then he'll like them, right? It's really that simple uh, unless their relationship is already kind of weird. Who who knows? I mean, I'd say Adam Gase and just that whole Jets organization, what's going on with the – it's just – it's kind of in tatters right now. It's it's closer to the Washington football team than I think most people, uh, you know, when we just say names of teams. Like, they're a dumpster fire right now, and Sam's really the only thing that can save them.
3: I feel like the Washington – football team is the perfect example of how paralyzing so much of this stuff is. Right? That that's, that's I actually think it's perfect to not have a nickname because no matter what you do somebody's going to be ticked. No matter what you do somebody's going to be ticked. You just pick a random nickname you're like, "Yeah, I don't know." I mean, you know, you're going to do away with anything Native American. Okay, if if you want to say that Redskins was uh, you know, was a slur like I would argue with you that wasn't the intent and no one actually uses it as a slur, but okay. If, if enough Native Americans think that, that that's fine. I don't think anyone was offended by the actual uh, mascot logo, right? That was like a proud Native American warrior. But if you completely wipe clean any Native American, um, uh, you know, r- remembrance on it now, all of a sudden, like, well, that, that's weird. Um, you know, there's the, uh, the Ron Rivera wanted some sort of military thing to it. Okay, but if you, but do we love all aspects of the past military? Red tails maybe make sense. I, I don't know. Like, I almost feel like they're so paralyzed by uh, obviously the times pe- period. You don't have enough time, but also the we don't want to offend everybody, but people are offended by everything and anything. I, I, I think not having a is perfect.
11: I don't know why I was shocked by the reaction, but when they announced that they were just going to go by the Washington football team this year and everyone freaked, like, did you just expect that people, and maybe they did, that they were going to have a new nickname before the season? This was an owner who was adamant he was never going to change. So when he was forced into it, it's not like, because my first reaction was, well, you know, you just got to take your time before like you would get married. Right. But at least if you get married, you can always get a divorce. If it doesn't go wrong, he could not pick a nickname. And have it this year, and then realize, well, we got to change next year. Whatever they pick as their next name has got to stick. And like you said, whatever, let's say hypothetically they would have called the Red Tails or the Red Hawks, half the people would not have liked it. And then, you know, it would have been like, oh, did we pick the right one? It would have been a disaster. I think it looks pretty solid. I would, if you look at like a lot of these soccer clubs in, in Europe, just call it the Washington Football Club. I mean, just call it something like that. It's fine. I think it looks solid. Washington's a solid name. The color's good. Who cares? Just that's fine. Maybe maybe just go with a big W, you know, instead of uh instead of the R and just move on like that. I, I think there's a chance they just keep it as is. Um the the
3: LA Rams, they're an interesting story, right? Two years ago, McVay was so hot that anybody had coffee with him had a chance to get a head coaching job. Yeah. Um he he's made some changes, reworked the staff, got rid of Todd Gurley, and Now they're you know and look if the playoffs were expanded last year he would have made it. What are your expectations for the Rams this year?
11: Well, I think something no one's talking about, and uh, I don't know all the details of the Wade Phillips situation. I think sometimes Wade gets to a point where he wants to be paid like he's like Steph Curry or something. He he wants stupid money, and his ego's big. But he's good, and uh, they got rid of Wade Phillips, didn't renew his contract. However, you want to quantify it or you know verbalize it. They went with a guy who's never been a coordinator, who's only been in the league like three years. So to me, defensively, and you look at their roster, they lose Littleton, who was one of the better cover linebackers in the league. They got two sweet guys in Donald and Jalen Ramsey. The rest of the guys, like, are they that good? Uh, Their offense is going to be fine. You know, in that scheme, Sean McVay, the offense wasn't really the problem last year besides when they couldn't pass protect. But defensively, remember those first couple years, like they were really, really stout because they were so deep. And I, I just I don't know I the the division's really hard uh, it's not like Seattle or San Francisco are intimidated by them even the even the Cardinals so I, I think it's going to be difficult now I still think McVay's good they have enough good players on offense but if you tell me that like Ramsey or Aaron Donald were to have an injury they would be in major trouble because I think the biggest question mark for any team that's like a legit, you know, playoff contender and that the Rams, like you said, they would be in the the playoffs if they had last year had the seven teams. I don't know, man. I I think the margin for error on a first time defensive coordinator who doesn't just inherit some loaded defense is going to be, is going to be a lot more difficult than I just think people assume.
3: What can we legitimately expect from the Buccaneers?
11: You know, I, I think there are major question marks just with the, the head coach, and the quarterback. I mean, they philosophically have operated consistently very different over the last decade, especially as Tom has gotten older. He has done all his work in the short and intermediate game, and that's what they built the team around, throwing to running backs, throwing to Edelman, throwing to Gronk. Like the days of Randy Moss throwing bombs away just has not been happening. And when you close your eyes and you think of Bruce Arians, I think of Carson Palmer and now James Winston throwing bombs. Cause that's what Bruce likes to do. You go back to when he had been Ro- Ben Roethlisberger, like he likes throwing the ball deep and Tom can't move that offensive line. I know they drafted a guy early, but that, that that's the type of thing that would an off season and a normal training camp would be beyond invaluable because you would work things out. And I think Bruce is an excellent coach. So most uh, any good coach can adapt, but, it takes time to adapt because you, you know, things work and you go, well, we got Mike Evans, we got Chris Godwin. Like we're ready to roll now. And Tom's like, well, I love this play against this defense. And it's the wheel route to the running back. And Bruce is like, well, I like hitting Mike Evans on that skinny post, you know, it just, that's what they're it just and they're two high level guys. And I think they would come to an agreement with how do they have time? Like, I understand. I'm sure they've been texting Colin, probably even spent some time together when they shouldn't have. That, that's different than having the whole unit out there at practice. OTAs are stupid, for the most part, unless you have a brand-new quarterback and you're implementing a new offense or melding an offense together. And I, I think definitely early on in the season, the, Tom, Tom has run the Tom Brady offense for the last decade, right? It, it wasn't Josh's. It wasn't Belichick. It became Tom's offense, and Josh melded it to his own. But I, Bruce Arians has not run the Tom Brady offense. Now, Tom Brady's an all-time great, the greatest player ever, one of the greatest athletes of all time. You'd say he should be able to adapt. He's 43. You know, it's not like you're getting him at 34 where he's going to be open. Like, Tom does what Tom does because he has physical, He can't move anymore. He never could, but he really can't now. And there's some pressure. It's like, well, okay, you're away from Bill. Let's see it. And, and uh, Tom knows that. So I, I, it's going to be challenging. I, I think it's going to be a lot harder than despite the roster on paper, especially the skill guys, look sweet. It's just, we've seen it before in football, unlike baseball. It's not like a plug and play league. Yeah. Uh,
3: last thing playing golf this weekend.
11: Uh, no, probably just hanging out. Just enjoy some, uh, enjoy some baseball, drink some beers. No, uh, actually I might, I might get out and get nine in tomorrow. Not, maybe
3: I'm playing at uh, Tustin ranch where I've, I What's have that. Uh, in Tustin where I went to high school, I grew up in orange. I've, I've actually never played the course playing here this afternoon, but I I was nearly arrested in high school. We that was a spot we go to one of the greens and and uh, have some old English. Uh, I had
11: a couple of those spots with some mad dog, 2020s, mad dog you know, 2020. Every everyone in high school has a good spot to drink on a golf course with some alcohol that I you couldn't pay me to drink now.
3: Yes, that's that's actually very very accurate. All right, uh OE on tap for the weekend. Have a good one. Thanks so much, John. <laughs> See you buddy. All right, that's uh, John Middlecoff 3 and out is the podcast and the herd. Podcast Network. All right, coming up next. Find out what the Fox said regarding the Dallas Cowboys. That's next to the Doug Gottlieb Show.
6: Be sure to catch the live edition of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific.
3: Doug Olive Show, Fox Sports Radio. Mm-hmm. Every day at this time, we'd like to play for you a portion of a preview show on Fox Sports Radio or Fox Sports 1, we call it. <laughs>
7: what does the fox say? This
3: was Colin Cowherd talking about the Dallas Cowboys' Mike McCarthy and his need for Dak Prescott to be great. This is the problem with Mike McCarthy. He doesn't need Dak. He just signed a five-year, $30 million deal. Mike
0: McCarthy doesn't need Dak for his legacy or a Super Bowl. He's got both. He doesn't need Dak for security. He's a millionaire. Just signed a five-year, $30 million deal in a state with no state tax. He doesn't need Dak for money. He's got security, a Super Bowl, a legacy, money. He doesn't need him. I mean, you didn't think it was strange when McCarthy got the job and didn't call Dak for a week?
3: Uh, I, I did think it was strange. I thought it was a bad play by Mike McCarthy. You know, you get a new job, first thing you do is ingratiate yourself to the most important guy in the locker room, and that's the quarterback who's now the highest-paid guy in the locker room. And th- this idea that McCarthy's good if he if they don't succeed because he won a Super Bowl, like, do we not remember how it ended? When it ended in Green Bay, he was essentially called lazy and, like, the league had passed him by. Aaron Rodgers, uh, he was fired midseason, and Aaron Rodgers was kind of done there. He was run out of Green Bay. It was an odd hire. And if he doesn't succeed and he doesn't win over his quarterback and his quarterback doesn't succeed, then yeah, it does fall on McCarthy. i I actually really disagree with it. do i Do I understand that McCarthy has a good rep in the league as a good football guy? Of Course. And does that mean it's likely to succeed? Of course it does. Of course it is. but it it's also really important to understand I don't care how good a coach you are. You're not doing anything, anything. Unless you have Dak Prescott fully on board, fully engaged and playing his best football. And remember, like whatever you thought of Dak last year, Dak this year is the highest paid, highest paid player on the Dallas Cowboys. So you better get that guy playing well, that guy leading for you, that guy buying in to everything you're doing.
7: What does the Fox say?
3: Doug Gottlieb show here on Fox Sports Radio. Blue Emu Maximum Pain Relief works fast and you won't stink. It's pharmacist-recommended. Odor-free pain odor-free pain relief for muscle pain, back aches, sp- strains, sprains, even arthritis. There's no stinging or burning involved. It's simple pain relief. Blue Emu Maximum Pain Relief works fast so you won't stink. All right, third hour of the show upcoming. We got a lot of stuff to get to. <clears throat> There's talk of... Of renaming an arena in college basketball, which is interesting. Which is interesting. Uh, Robert Smith will join us, college football analyst, former Ohio State star, former Minnesota Viking star. Uh, we'll get his take on whether or not we'll have college football. We get the press upcoming for you, but this will feel more like a a summer weekend, right? You have basketball being played. In what feels, it'll have a summer league still type of feel this weekend. The league starts back up next week. You got Major League Baseball being played. You got golf. Tommy Fleetwood for birdie on the 12th. Feels more, feels more normal. Right? Like this, we're going to get into this top of next hour. Feels feels more normal. Um, Ramos, yesterday we caught a fish. Old school fishing. Me and my daughter, we went on a paddleboard. She caught a fish. It's not the first fish I've caught, but it's the first fish I've caught that I've actually, without help, taken the the hook out of. I did get a little slice from the uh, sand bass. I see it. A little slice. It's pretty awesome. 30. Though. All right. What's the expression? Uh, give a man a fish, feed him for a day. Ca- teach a man to fish, feed him for life. All right. I'd say the same thing applies to a 14 year old girl. <laughs> I was, I thought for sure, like, and I I guess I didn't realize, like, you know, little stripers and bass, and whatever, the stuff that's in the back bay, you, it's not like they're going to pull you off the, the paddleboard. All right, coming up next, this is the new normal. I'll explain next in the Doug Gottlieb Show.
6: Be sure to catch the live edition of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific.
3: What up, Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. Mm, 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 mm. hope you're having a great day getting ready for an awesome weekend ramos big plans this weekend
8: uh well last weekend was jonah's birthday weekend so that that took a lot out of us So i think this is more of a relaxed weekend coming up here i mean your your baby was
3: one i mean were you guys you guys taking shots? I mean, like, it was, <laughs> was? They're not done yet.
8: Uh, yeah, no, no. We had like a drive by of all the family members and stuff like that. So you had a were... drive by. Yeah,
3: you had a drive by. You <laughs> got to be careful in LA. Saying we had a, yeah. we had a drive by. A drive. You guys had a drive. a drive by. You had a drive by. <laughs> I think today is is today National Drive thru Day. I, National. I I think so. We'll have National. To that, yeah. Doug. Um. Wait, let's see what today is. You oh, are
4: man. correct. July 24th. Uh,
3: there's a, Wait, wait, wait. You know what today is? National Tequila Day.
6: <laughs>
3: <laughs> I go with Sousa.
4: Yeah. What about you, Doug? Uh, well, you're a Cazadores guy, right? George uh, Clooney?
3: I do like Cazadores. I do like a little Cazadores. <laughs> um, you know, there's the, was it the 1942, whatever, Don Julio? That's like the sipping tequila. I like tequila. I just, one tequila, two tequila, three tequila, four. four? Is that right that's how I said. Yes, I never today. get to four, so. Today is National Tequila Day. So that's, that's really why Ramos is laying low, because he'll be laying <laughs> really low later.
8: Keep like, it on the down low. That's Ra- right. Ramos
3: will be like, mm-hmm, huh? Huh? <laughs> Who is this, Doug? I have no idea. Um, and then it's National drive Through Day. Favorite drive-thru. Yeah, you can only pick one. And it could be because of food, because of the ease of purchase. Uh, you know, like you like Sonic, where you can go up and it's like the old car hop thing. Ramos' favorite drive-through.
8: Well, it's I I love In and Out, so I know it's not like as, a, I know it's not as fast, and it's always long. The lines are, but they do they do do it very quick. They move so, along. They move yeah, along. Yeah, so I'm gonna say In and Out for me. What's your In and Out order? Uh, it's a double double. Uh, animal style. Animal style. For people
3: who don't know, animal style, I believe, is grilled onions. Right? That's right, grilled onions.
8: Grilled onions. And grilled uh, onions. sometimes extra, extra sauce depends, if I extra feel Extra like sauce,
3: the sauce, the secret sauce. <laughs> the the secret, secret sauce. No lettuce and tomato, I believe, is animal style as well, I, 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 I think. Uh, all right, Gavin, your favorite drive-thru? Uh, favorite drive-thru, I would say Chick-fil-A. Chick-fil-A. Do you have the app? No, I do not have the app. You should get the app. The right. app is quite convenient. You can have your Chick-fil-A almost waiting for you. You press I'm here. You go out. You know, you're like, is I like
4: talking to the Chick-fil-A workers. They're very good at what they do. They are
3: very friendly. Uh, Chick-fil-A's big downfall is they, they actually have standards and they won't be open on Sunday. So it's always like a Sunday. You're like, let's go to Chick-fil-A. You pull up and be like, what happened to Chick-fil-A? Like, it's Sunday. Like, <laughs> okay, and they're not open on Sunday. Um, Whataburger is fantastic as well. Whataburger, I've been to several... Uh, Dairy Queen, where you can get a. I'm a dip cone guy. Like I'm old school chocolate dip cone. I go along with my burgers. Uh, my son, he he his his new quest is to have spicy nugs or spicy. I guess the uh, new spicy tenders at Popeyes. Popeyes is underrated. Uh, but if I was going the best drive through, I would probably go Sonic. I would probably go. I'll probably go Sonic just because it it offers up such a variety of food. I do like their burgers. I love their milkshakes. The variety of drinks, and I like the idea you can do the, the drive through or the car hop thing as well. So, National Happy National Drive Through Day to you! And one tequila, two tequila, three tequila. Floor! It is National Tequila Day. Uh, there you go. Um, this is the new normal. And I do I believe that fans eventually will be back in the stands. Uh, I do. Do I believe fans will eventually be back at golf tournaments? I do. But in the, in the short term, just like we could do TV shows via Zoom, we can do golf tournaments without fans. We can do baseball without fans. And, like, right now I'm watching the Braves take on the Mets at Citi Field. Now, because I know and because I'm, I pay attention, you're like, are those cardboard cutouts behind home plate? Those are cutout, cardboard cutouts behind home plate. Um, and what's interesting about it is, and I'm sure you have to pay for it, right? Pay for your seat. But there's like three rows behind the first two rows, which you can see, which there are no cardboard cutouts, which is a lot like those seats in real baseball. Nothing so frustrating as, you know, the luxury seats and no one sitting in them, and they don't let you move down to them. Uh, whereas in the outfield at City Field, it looks like right behind the pitcher; those things are all filled up. I'm sure it's weird and eerie inside those those uh, carnivorous. Is it not not carnivorous? Is it carnivorous? Cavernous, cavernous. A big, there's a big difference. Carnivorous stadiums, where the stadiums would actually eat one another. Cavernous stadiums are massive, massive stadiums. But it's still baseball. That's it. It's still very much baseball. He's out! It's still very much baseball. And it's not bad. Regular season baseball being played with no fans is great background noise for the weekend when you're grilling out and your kids are running about and you get the dog and you get the neighbors and you got deliveries or whatever. Is he safe or out there, Ramos? What do you think? Let's he looks here. safe to me. Uh, there's his heel. Boom. safe. Safe, yeah. Unlimited talk and text. The smartphone plans as low as $20 a month with no contract. Plus, get in limited carryover data on America's largest and most dependable 4G LTE networks. Track phone wireless, now you're in control. Maybe it's because we haven't had anything, right? And right now, we're, like, you ever really, really hungry? And you're really hungry. You go into a restaurant and you order. And you're like, that is the best hamburger I've ever had. Now, like, we just talked about drive throughs I just talked about Sonic. I guarantee there's somebody listening to us in the Midwest who's like, that sounds fantastic. Vanilla Dr. Pepper, that sounds amazing. I'm going to go to do- Chocolate Coke. You ever had a Chocolate Coke from Sonic? That is good. It is amazing. You go get a Chocolate Coke from Sonic and you're like, that's the best hamburger and Chocolate Coke I've ever had. Why? Because you're starved. That's how we are for sports. We're starved, starved for sports. So last time I'm watching the Dodgers and the Giants, I know the Giants stink and the Dodgers are dominant. Clayton Kershaw gets hurt, you know, but doesn't even, he's on the DL for a little bit or he's he's injured for, for a week or so. But I'm I'm looking and I'm, I've been starved for sports and now they got me back. I'm watching essentially preseason basketball and I'm marveling at uh, my brother's old recruit Drew Eubanks, you see how he dunked on Giannis yesterday. He almost ended Giannis with that dunk. It was amazing. And it it does point to me that, that while sports are essential and fans are needed, fans are not essential for sports. They're just not. They're they're essential. I believe for long-term highest level, probably college football more than anything but they are not truly essential for regular season sports, with the exception of they do foot a bit, but a bunch of the bill. This is the new normal, and I wonder how long it lasts. And though football is very, very different, and they want to follow the baseball model of guys sleeping in their own beds, if baseball can do it with a little vigilance, football can do it as well. Football can do it as well. One of the biggest names in the history of basketball could be removed from the name of one of the most famous arenas in all of basketball. But should it be? We'll discuss that upcoming next. But first, Doug Gottlieb here. And with all that's been happening lately, you ever feel like you haven't driven anywhere? Grocery store doesn't count. Okay drive-by or drive-through birthday parties don't really count. They're fun. They're cool. But, uh, you know, I've been ready to get back out there and rediscover it all in a brand-new Mazda. Mazda has the most incredible CUV lineup, including the first-ever CX-30 with available i all-wheel drive and off-road traction assist. It intuitively responds to the way that you like to drive. I was totally drawn to the exterior, so distinct and sleek, it actually looks like it's moving while it's standing still. Then you get to the interior, which has this minimalist approach, which makes it look just clean and sleek and almost, almost like a modern apartment, if you will. You know, I drove to San Diego. It's like an hour cars built fit and finish is perfect. Sound system is awesome. Windows down wind in whatever hair I do have left. Kids loved it. It was amazing. Then we went up to Calabasas It was a little bit hotter yesterday same thing. Get behind the wheel of a CX-30. Mazda has more IIHS Top Safety Picks Plus models than any other brand as of this July. Go to MazdaUSA.com to learn more about the entire Mazda CUV lineup and available finance options.
6: Be sure to catch the live edition of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific.
7: If you dare.
3: Doug Olive Show, Basketball Radio. Uh, I saw this story and I thought it was interesting. For a longest time, I- I've been interested in, in, um, in the idea that that Rupp Arena is still named after Adolf Rupp. Now, should be point out that the name Adolf has generally been retired through no fault of Adolf Rupp, right? That's just not one of those names that makes anybody's list. Hey, what do you think about Adolph? Yeah, we're going to go with new. No. It's a family name. Got it. Going to pass. Right? Okay. Um, the faculty of the University of Kentucky's African American and Africana Studies program has asked UK president to change the name of Rupp Arena because the legendary basketball coach's name has come to stand for racism and exclusion and it alienates black students, fans, and attendees. Um, it goes on. The Adolf Rupp name has come to stand for racism and exclusion, and UK students and alienates black students, fans, and attendees. The rebuilding of the arena and the convention center offer an opportunity to change the name to a far more inclusive one, such as Wildcat Arena. Um, of course, this is like a, a, the the project's supposed to be done by next year. It's two hundred seventy five million dollar project. Um, this is a building that was built in nineteen seventy six. And it's com- it's combined with the mall. It's really like the downtown convention center of Lexington. Wildcats Athletic Director Mitch Barnhart said in January, it has to be Rupp Arena when you're recruiting. You're having teams come in here and play. It, it's Rupp Arena. It sets apart from any other places. It's been that way for 50 years, and it can't change. If If we remember... Uh, Adolph Rupp was one of the last coaches, I believe the last coach in the SEC to relent and recruit African American players. Um, I don't know, man. Yeah, I mean, like, look, they lost to Texas Western and Texas Western started five black players. Should be pointed out that during the season, they didn't actually start five back black players. They did so just and only played their black players in the national championship game, kind of to make a point. <clears throat> and it was after that that Adolf Rupp did relent and ultimately started recruiting black players. I just think we're we're gonna have to we're gonna have to understand that times are very different. We cannot look at the past through the lens of today. It's just not fair. And even if wrongs were done, there are many wrongs that were done. Um, th- that does not necessarily mean that it makes somebody evil or have their intent to be evil. Adolph Ruff was a magnificent basketball coach, one of the greatest coaches of all time, and Kentucky is one of the greatest programs of all time. It's in the South. It relented late to recruiting black players, ultimately did, and now has become a wellspring for black players to come to Lexington for a year, two years, three years, four years, play for John Calipari, and become NBA stars. The evolution in Lexington, which began while Adolph Rupp was there, is a perfect sign of the growth of our country. Like, look, I'm not blind to see that we have problems, but I hear people saying it's worse than it's ever been. Like, what are you talking about? (laughs) We used to have slavery. Jim Crow, outright discrimination. You know, you couldn't eat at restaurants, drink at the same water fountain. Like, do we have problems? Yes. Are they worse than they've ever been? No. 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 I mean, just look, ask yourself this. When you were a kid, and if you're, in my, you're my age, Ramos, we're about the same age. Isaac, I don't know, how, how old are you in comparison? Are you in, I was born in 76. I am three years younger than you. Okay, so you're younger. But when we were kids, it was, even in California a little bit, but definitely around other parts of the country, a little bit taboo, mixed-race kids. Divorce, a little bit taboo. Right? And now think of the world. Very, very different. Are are there still places where mixed-race kids will get picked on? And sure, not just, by the way, by white people, by black people as well it doesn't make it any less despicable but the idea that it is very much part of society our acceptance of of gay people has changed has evolved like we we do this thing and 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 whatever your predetermined notion on who adolf rupp was he went through a personal evolution Now, was it for his own benefit to win basketball games? Sure. But but was part of it that he had to learn that his idea of what the black basketball player was or was capable of, was it wrong? Yes. And he learned the hard way by losing games. And then he figured it out. And the program got was the better because of it. I I just we're doing this thing where we're looking at yesterday. Through the lens of today. And it's impossible. Again, it, it doesn't, doesn't make segregation right. But segregation existed. And Jim Crow existed when he was coaching at Kentucky. Black players weren't allowed to play in the SEC. When he was started coaching at Kentucky. Like, these things all changed. Doesn't make it right. It's like when slavery exist in the United States, it existed and has existed in all parts of the world. <laughs> and and there, there were parts of other parts of the United States where indentured servitude existed, which is not slavery in terms of what, what was done to black people, but it's also not a practice in which people have their civil civil liberties at the level of everyone else. There was a lot of bad, but it was the time and we've gone through a process of evolution. I just, here's how you should look at it. You know that picture of uh, the evolving man, you know, where the first one is like the Cro-Magnum where he's like hunched over and there's like five or six guys and then eventually he's standing up homo erectus, which is what we are now. That's society. That's society. And if you want to say that in the 1700s or 1800s, we were hunched over and we were still kind of curled over and now we're getting closer to standing up straight. I'll agree with that. We are an ever evolving species that is learning from our own mistakes. We're better than we used to be. We're still not there yet. And if you treat Adolph Rupp as if he was a modern day coach, a coach today, well, he wouldn't stand up in terms of his views on race and recruiting black players. But that wasn't the time, and it's unfair to hold him personally responsible for what, what, what that era represented for a long period of time, especially when he evolved off of that stance. Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. Robert Smith joins us. Uh, a super thoughtful, interesting guy who, of course, uh, calls college football games on Fox. He's a star in the NFL. He's a star at Ohio State. He joins us now on the Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio. Hey, for you, what's it, what's it been like watching sports with no fans?
1: <laughs> it's better than watching no sports. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it's crazy, right? Like, to see, a, you know, a baseball stadium with just some cardboard cutouts. But that's, I, I love it, man. Just
3: any competition, for me, I just, I love it. I kind of think it makes golf better. I don't know. I think it makes golf better. Yeah, I, I like, I love the golf. It because then it feels like like guys playing golf. You know, where I just th- there is an upside to having those massive galleries and the oh right, but outside of that, <laughs> you get the knuckleheads yelling and the cell phones and the you know it just these are just guys playing golf. It it changes well, golf very little to me.
1: Well, you know, you know what's an interesting aside to this for me. Is I wonder what the average golf scores are, with no fans versus having fans? Because uh, you you play golf, don't you?
3: Some, I mean, not really well, but some. <laughs> well, nobody that uh, doesn't play professionally
1: plays it well all the time. Yes, but I just wonder what not having a gallery does. You know, for from a pressure standpoint, like you look in you look in the NBA. Uh, you know free throw percentages go down in the playoff playoffs and it's because of that pressure right like yes but but wonder, is, the, is
3: the pressure the fans or is the pressure the moment
1: I think part of it I think a big part of it is the fans you know people are watching you do it uh, to me that's you know a big part of it but but that'd be an interesting uh uh you know analysis as well like during the regular season versus during the playoffs, you know, having fans, not having fans. And then the moment becomes more of an issue. If it's the playoffs, right.
9: Mm-hmm.
3: Robert Smith joining us on the Doug Gottlieb show on Fox sports radio. I do think that college football is different in that. Um, it's not just about how they make money. The, the pomp, the circumstance, the, the, the proximity to campus. I mean, obviously we're, we're seeing that you can do it without fans. That feels like the sport, outside of college basketball that needs fans the most.
1: Yeah. I mean, when you're at a college game and, you know, last year was the first year that I, uh, you know, called games on Saturdays exclusively. And like when you're there in that environment, it's just so different. You're absolutely right. And it just, the feeling of it is just, it's incredible. Like the weight of it, but if that's our only choice to have no fans, then the player, the, the players will adjust. Right. And we'll adjust. It, it's just, we have to, we have to get to that point first. Right. Like I just, I want to see games in any way. And if we're calling them remotely, then we'll adjust.
3: Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I've done, I've, we've I've called games remotely before. It's, it's not, not impossible to do. It's not the greatest broadcast. but It's not terrible. Um, it doesn't affect necessarily the play on the field. It sometimes reflects what 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 translates to home. Do you think we'll have a college football season?
6: Wow,
1: I think we will, but I think it'll be shorter than you know what people are guessing it will be right now. You know, I know that the ACC is talking about the ten plus one. I I would just be really surprised, and they're looking at like the uh, the seventh or excuse me, the twelfth to nineteenth to twenty sixth of September as potential start dates. I think we're probably going to end up with an even more shortened season, maybe six or eight games, but we're going to find out. I mean, the next few weeks can be very telling. Obviously what happened at Michigan state with everybody being quarantined now for 14 days. I mean, it's, it's huge, right? Every, every, every day we're finding out a little bit, something different and people are just going to adjust.
3: Yeah, I mean it's the the way it's being reported is weird. Like like a couple people tested positive, we're quarantining everybody. That feels like we're not being told the whole truth. That, but now we look, we have Clemson. They had like twenty six guys pop uh, right. positive, and it's almost like they're doing the herd immunity thing, so they'll be fine.
1: Yeah. So now, now they have nobody, right? Uh-huh. Nobody that nobody that's tested positive. And you know, one of one of my friends is actually leading the response uh, to COVID in uh, the state of West Virginia. Dr. Clay Marsh. He had been uh, at Ohio State, and then he went down there with uh, <laughs> President Gee, who we're also familiar yeah. Yeah, with. Yeah, yeah,
2: sure. <laughs>
3: Gordon Gee. He's a trip, man. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: But But uh, he's leading that response, and he calls this the dance. This is the phase that we're in with the virus right now, and it's a novel virus. Like, with, There's so much that we don't know. People are talking about antibodies uh, not lasting very long, some people testing positive after they had tested negative. Uh, there are just so many things that we don't know. But I think that football is just so different because of the nature of the sport. So people are on top of each other. You know, you get, you know, they're even talking about the whistle changes, right? Like David Shaw is saying, like, we have to have these electronic whistles to eliminate the spittle. Right. Uh, there are just so many different things that are happening with football because of the nature of the sport.
3: If um, if if you were one of these players and they tried to do the spring thing, would you play in the spring?
1: Wow. I mean, it, it really just depends on what your standing is. I think if you're going to be a guy that's going into the league you may or may not, and I think something that's not being talked about is this student assistance fund uh, from the NCAA, where they actually paid the insurance policies for some of the players, and that's a that's a that's a huge factor here. And then you talk about like what kind of insurance is it? Is it total and permanent disability, or does it have a loss of value rider? So total and permanent disability like that rarely happens uh, even even as violent as football is but if you have this loss of value rider which is more expensive then somebody that has that could get injured and maybe drop and still be able to collect right so if you if you can't have that why would you want to play if you're a guaranteed top 20 guy, but if you're not a guaranteed top 20 guy, you might want to, you might want to play. It it, it all depends on the situation.
3: Right. Because you could have a great season and regardless of who you're playing against, you'll look good. You might get the ball more, you might get, you know, more run and it may help your stock. Like it's, it is, you talk about the dance with the virus. That's kind of the dance with, with playing.
1: Yeah, no question about it. I mean, there are always individual decisions that need to be made there because Somebody may feel like, look, I I know that I'm guaranteed to be in a certain position, so why would I want to play? It's the same decision that comes up with some of the bowl games recently with players. Now, for me personally, like if, if I signed up to play a game, I'm playing the game, right? Like I I don't care, uh, you know what, you know what impact that may have if I'm gonna get hurt for me. But that's just me I and. Mean, Now players, it's, it's just a different decision.
3: Yeah. And there's also, I mean, as much as we like to think that, you know, Justin Fields and a couple of these other guys, they all think that they're at that level, right? There's a, you know, there's 32 first round draft picks, but if you polled college football players, you would think there's a thousand first round draft picks because they're all going not just to the league, but in the first round of the draft.
1: Well, and you know, the interesting thing about that, I think when, when we look at what's going to happen in college football, you look at the teams that are most experienced, have the most players back, no staff changes. Like They're the ones that are most likely to do well in a season like this. But then you look at some transfer players, a guy like Jamie Newman, who's going to be going to Georgia. Like A guy like that, the league may want to see a little bit more, and he may make a decision based on that belief that they need to see something more from him in a situation where he's in the uh, the SEC versus the ACC. So all of those are individual
3: decisions. It does feel like if the big boys give it a go, it's going to bleed out a lot of the other conferences. Like they just, you know, you just, if, if, they, if they play and they can't play these guarantee games, it kills their athletic departments. But if they don't play, it kills their athletic departments because one, they don't have the revenue. And then two, the kids will leave because they're not playing like uh, this th- there's been, always been a separation between the power five or six conferences and everybody else, but we never thought, I, I never really thought that it would lead to a distinct break off. But now I feel like there's, this is going to lead to a off.
1: Well, uh, you know, this goes back to the point about the insurance uh, and the NCAA and every, you know, everybody likes to say the NCAA is just, you know, they're you know, floated with cash. There's, stealing money from players. Like there's a lot of money that goes to the players and a lot of different programs and a lot of different, uh, a a, a lot of different systems that they have set up to channel that money back to the players. And when you look at a school like Wisconsin, $100 million, they're, they're projecting they could lose without football. Iowa state $45 million. Like, I don't think people really understand, you know, kind of what the tail end of this is and how much money is going to be lost and how much money has already been
3: lost. Yes, and but also 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 like again, you, you you and I are actually as as we both know, I don't know if people know. We're in agreement over this like that that money those are lost opportunities for the next for the next student athlete, right? That's it, it just lost opportunities, lost in terms like you and that's not even counting what they will lose on campus because fewer and fewer kids, even if they have classes, will, will, they'll take a year off instead of wasting a year on a half-empty campus. And then, of course, the college towns are going to suffer because there's not as many people, if any, that are on campus spending all that money. Like, we're talking about um, e- economic, uh, economic disaster beyond the scope of which I think people really understand.
1: Well, I think this is this is really bringing to light a lot of issues. You know, as we enter the era of name, image, likeness, you know, how much money is there really, and how much money is excess versus how much money is being put into other programs or other sports. You know, you talk about a school like Stanford cutting cutting all those sports. You know, what what's it going to be if football doesn't happen? This fall, and this, is, this isn't an argument for it has to happen. I'm just saying if it doesn't happen, the financial impact, like you say, I, I don't think people really understand, you know, all of those ancillary services, you know, the concessions and, you know, the people that uh, collect money in the parking lot. Like, there are just so many people that are going to be impacted by this. I, it's, you know, it's hard to imagine where this is going to go.
3: Robert Smith joining us on the Doug Gottlieb show. Hey man, listen, uh, enjoy those kiddos having sports back on TV and the weekend. Can't wait to hear you call. Hopefully college football games uh, upcoming this September on Fox. Thanks for being our guest.
1: Oh, you got it, my man. Hopefully we're going to have some games to call.
3: I, I agree. I think we will. Let's just, let's just be hopeful that that's Robert Smith. Great dude. Uh, Good friend and uh, a colleague here at Fox calling college football games coming up next. You won't believe the discussion with the NFL in regards to the final decisions to get them on the field. That's next, the Doug Gottlieb Show.
6: Be sure to catch the live edition of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific, on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app.
3: Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. (laughs) Um... Ben Simmons taking threes and making threes. Pretty awesome. Awesome, awesome stuff. Let's get to the press.
6: The Press. Mm -mm -mm -mm.
10: Isaac Lonecron, what do you got? Doug, the NFL and the Players Association have tentatively agreed to some compromise regarding finances. Next year's salary cap will be no lower than $175 million. Thank goodness. This agreement will take projected funds through 2024 to help guard against the salary cap freefall that this season could cause because of the COVID-19 pandemic.
3: Uh, that's smart Um, because the, the, the estimates are that the salary cap will spike up, right, afterwards. So it'll spike up afterwards, and uh, this will provide some balance. It's good for teams. It's good for players. Uh, th- th- this generally feels like a good thing. And I know the uh, that the NFLPA, you know, kind of told their stars to tweet out, we want to work, but it, it felt phony and forced, and eventually a deal was brokered.
10: Patrick Mahomes told a website that his record-setting contract hasn't changed him. He said, quote, I haven't bought anything. I feel exactly the same. I'm going to be the same person I was before I got the contract and before I got to the NFL to be the best Patrick Mahomes I can be every single day. Ah, Patrick Unquote. Mahomes.
3: That, that's great. Um, and I I do hope it is true, very much so. I believe it should be true, but, you know, it's not like you change overnight, right? It's not it's not, not one of those things, so we'll see. But I, I, they wouldn't have given him all that money if they had any doubts over the person that he was and for that length of time.
10: On to Major League Baseball. Yesterday's opener between the Yankees and Nationals drew an average of 4 million viewers. That made it Major League Baseball's most watched regular season game since 2011, the second game of the doubleheader. The late-night West Coast game between the Dodgers and Giants drew over 2.7 million viewers, and that was the most-watched late-night Major League Baseball game in network TV history. Wow. Yeah, people want to watch sports on TV. I watched it, and I'm sure you did too, Isaac. Uh, Actually, I didn't. But Mm. I will say this. If the numbers are that good for Major League Baseball... Imagine the NBA. Exactly. And then, down the road a bit... The NFL and our final item, Adrian Now they will all be running at the same time, so the numbers Ooh, may not they be. They might asked. be diluted a little bit. That's yeah. right. That's a good point. Our final item, we told you that Adrian Warjanowski reported that Domontis Sabonis of the Indiana Pacers has a significant foot injury and will leave the Orlando bubble to seek treatment from a specialist. But here in this case, that's just a footnote because it also means footnote that Adrian Warjanowski's <laughs> suspension is, is over. over.
3: Yeah. Yeah, can do, I? I love Woj. Can't do what he did, can't especially
10: on, especially from your company uh, email email account. There you go. Yeah, it's not great. And our final item: this uh, just coming down right now from the world of college sports. The NCAA Board of Governors today voted to not vote on whether or not to postpone its fall championships so this essentially kicks the can down the road for them to vote on a later date yeah the buying time which makes
3: sense right more debt da- more data the data changes daily the data changes weekly i i will i mean i'll ask you have you looked at the data as of today to see if it's better or worse
10: uh, i actually look at the data Every day, but that's just locally in the county where I live, and they actually uh, announce it right around this time. But uh, generally, the numbers are increasing, <clears throat> at least in in our neck of the woods.
3: Florida, Florida deaths, uh, Florida deaths increased by largest number. Right, um, that was yesterday. So that's not good. 136 really? in the last 24 hours. Ew. Um. The northeast though is starting to you know especially Connecticut is is starting to that's Connecticut's become like the safest place to be after being the place that was like a wellspring because uh be, because the nursing homes had it. So um anything else?
6: No, that's it. Hey, get out there and press. That was the press.
3: Doug Gottlieb show here on Fox Sports Radio. National Tequila Day. I like good tequila. It's interesting. It's like um Feels like tequila's become the number two liquor. Number two liquor.
4: Do you go on the rocks with salt, or what? What is your?
3: Um, I like tequila in margaritas. I like tequila sipping tequila. I enjoy. I don't usually take tequila shots anymore. I have. Um, I haven't gone sipping on the rocks, but I, you know, maybe tonight. I got to play some golf here. I might have some. The problem is I can't Uber to this golf thing, and I don't know if they sell booze <laughs> on it. They don't have cart girls anymore. i don't have cart girls. Huh. How are you going to have your tequila? So, Ramos, did I did I whet your appetite?
8: Uh, Yeah. I mean, you know, tequila is, I like it better than the margarita. I can't drink it on its own. You can have
3: a, a mojita, which is like a tequila, uh, it's like a mojito with tequila okay. instead of with, yeah, that's not bad. You can have a tequila sunrise. Orange juice. Um, orange juice, basically, and tequila with the maraschino cherry. And tequila sour, you can have. All these basic te- tequila drinks you can have. What are you uh, going to
8: say? I was like, well, Tequila Sunrise was a not a very good movie with Mel Gibson. It was not, a very, was not it, a very good yeah. movie. Mel Gibson, by the way,
3: had the Rona, but apparently recovered. Did I you saw see that? that. Yes, I did. Yeah. Um, all right. So whether you do Casamigos or whether you do whatever kind of tequila you do, enjoy it. Drink it safely and enjoy sports. We got sports back on TV. Uh, Big injury news with the Indiana Pacers. Not that they were uh, an NBA playoff threat, but now you start to go, do we play Victor Oladipo? Do we not? And who does that open up a playoff spot for? Ben Simmons is hitting three point shots. If he does, if he can become just a viable weapon from three, I think that changes the 76ers. Maybe not in the immediate future, but it does allow them to play him with Embiid a whole lot more and Simmons is a marvelous, marvelous town. And this, by the way, lines up with most guys who are non-shooters become decent shooters in their third or fourth year in the NBA. We basically had an off offseason. Um, I, I always love sports. I don't think there's that much difference in regular season baseball with or without fans. Obviously, that'll change in postseason NBA basketball. But the big thing is we haven't been eating on sports in weeks. We were starved. Now we're watching, and we love it. Hope you enjoy your weekend with sports on TV. We'll talk about it all on Monday on the Doug Gottlieb Show. Download the All Ball Podcast on Fox Sports Radio.
6: Be sure to catch the live edition of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe
0: that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off, grand slam, or a base hit to center field.